Mark Andreessen makes the case for unbridled technological progress in his manifesto. Sony establishes its newest innovation fund in Africa, and Tucker Carlson's new media company is backed by an anti-woke venture firm. I'm Jackson Fordyce, and this is Venture Daily. Influential billionaire venture capitalist Mark Andreessen has released his techno-optimist manifesto, a hefty plea defending the importance of technology in society. The manifesto features a strong condemnation of attempts to regulate tech like artificial intelligence. Andreessen writes, quote, Technology is the glory of human ambition and achievement, the spearhead of progress, and the realization of our potential. For hundreds of years, we have properly glorified this. Until recently. The founder of leading venture capital firm A16Z wants us to get back to being techno-optimists and to once again raise the technology flag. In his manifesto, Andreessen emphasizes that AI, with its potential to save lives, should not be subject to any pause in its development as that could hinder the prevention of avoidable deaths. He characterizes such restrictions as akin to a form of murder. The argument against regulation lies in the risk of missing out on revolutionary breakthroughs in vital areas like fertilizers, electricity, and vaccines. Notably, Andreessen identifies a few adversaries to his stance. Those include tech ethics, proponents of stakeholder capitalism, and the UN Sustainable Development Goals. The manifesto builds upon assertions previously made by Andreessen in a June essay titled, Why AI Will Save the World. In the essay, he envisions a future where every child has access to an infinitely helpful AI tutor. However, some critics argue that such priorities should not overshadow urgent humanitarian efforts like providing clean water and food to millions of children in need. Also notably, Andreessen is a close tech advisor to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and is expected to be a distinguished guest at Schumer's upcoming AI Expert Forum on October 24th. To discuss the merits of Mark Andreessen's Techno-Optimist Manifesto, I spoke with Pete Flint. Hi, this is Pete Flint from NFX, where I'm a general partner. Pete, Mark Andreessen condemns attempts to regulate AI. One argument he offers is that because AI might be used to save lives, any slowing of its development will limit preventable deaths and is therefore, quote, a form of murder. But there are always trade-offs for a mindset of progress at all costs. Do you agree with Andreessen's logic on why we cannot impede AI progress with regulation? You know, I think it's, look, I mean, I guess sort of take a step back. It's like, I guess, a couple of things. One is that, um, you know, Andreessen is like so good at like finding the controversial, interesting topic of the day and jumping in it. So he's, he's being somewhat provocative in, um, in, his, in his talk, I think. Though I think really what this is a reaction to is just the, um, a lot of the potential government involvement and regulation around AI. And I think, Many, many people in Silicon Valley just don't want to see AI stored before it's really taken off um, in a meaningful way. So I think it's really, a, you know, both a sort of a, a philosophical approach as well as a practical approach about how to sort of protect this industry. Um, specifically around kind of, you know, talking about saving lives, um, you know, I, I don't have any sort of... Um, sort of strong experience about it, but I, I was from data points, but I do firmly believe that today many more people have been saved as a result of AI than their lives have been lost as a result of AI. And obviously we see AI in our daily world, it's just like ad feeds, but when you look at, you know, I think sort of one of the early examples, mammograms, like I was, you know, through some research where you've seen a 20% increase in the, in using, when using AI or mammograms that you could detect cancer, which I don't know, that seemed like a huge advantage. So the sort of principle of using AI to save lives, absolutely. And there's been no 
no kind of hard evidence I've seen towards the negative. Of course, there are concerns, but um, I think the best thing to do is just the regulators keep their hands off or at least have a very, very light touch. And let's see what happens. But we keep a very close eye on it. Andreessen and many other tech leaders in Silicon Valley are the people who probably stand to gain the most from wide adoption of artificial intelligence. The venture capital world is very incentivized to be all in on AI. Do you think we in VC are sometimes guilty of living in a techno-capitalist machine echo chamber? I mean, echo chamber for sure. I mean, that's definitely there's a, you know, the, um, there is a danger that, you know, this stuff is self-believing. I think that the, when you look back at sort of some of the craziness around crypto and the speculative bubble that was created around that, then that's absolutely an artifact of that. I think, though, that the, you know, who is really to benefit from this? And, you know, yes, I think kind of investors will benefit and I think the founders will benefit of these of these companies. But ultimately, I think it's going to be consumers and businesses that benefit. You know, we've seen in our own portfolio how customer service teams that could sort of answer, you know, 10 emails an hour have dramatically increased that, you know, they go from 10 emails an hour to 100 emails an hour by adding in some AI to help their product experience. You've seen how consumers that are searching for things just being, you know, whether that's working on helping, you know, explain to kids um, complex topics. Ultimately, consumers are going, and businesses are going to be the big beneficiaries of this. So it may appear self-serving, but, you know, there's no doubt which, you know, which I think is sort of the point of, of this um, of this essay that the consumers and society and economy are going to be the ultimate beneficiaries of all this. Pete, last question. Andreessen is believed to be a close advisor to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on all things AI. He also plans to be featured on Schumer's next AI expert forum on October 24th. Do you think we'll see Andreessen's techno-optimist manifesto influence the way Washington considers regulating AI at the federal level? Yeah, I don't know this, the sort of government background and relationships, but you know there is clearly a significant amount of lobbying and posturing and regulatory conversations going on right now. And everyone kind of has their own agenda. You know, Mark is on the board of Meta, which are the sort of, you know, pushing a very open source stance on AI. And this essay is very much in line with that. And then you've got, you know, other folks which are sort of posturing a, um, a more sort of self-regulating reg- or, um, you know, or at least at least a structure where they would help to define the regulation with government. And so everyone kind of has their agenda. And I think it's, I think you kind of have to be smart to see through that. And I, you know, I have faith in our government. They'll figure out, okay, what is the subtle agenda behind this? Because it's, it's pretty, it's pretty transparent about kind of where people are coming through. And I, you know, I'd encourage them to try to pick up some independent voices um, which don't have those two agendas. And the people with the biggest microphones today are often the people with the deepest pockets and the you know, insignificant agendas as well. So I just, I just hope that the government is going to be listening to those kind of more independent voices. And just to clarify, independent voices that really understand the technology and of those that I think there are a few far between. That was Pete Flint, general partner at NFX. Thanks so much, Pete. Really enjoyed speaking with you today. My pleasure. Good to be here.
Last week, Sony Group Corporation introduced its newest fund, Sony Innovation Fund Africa, an initiative aimed at fostering the growth of the entertainment sector in the continent. The Sony Innovation Fund Africa will invest $10 million in seed funding to early-stage startups operating in the gaming, music, movies, and content distribution industries. Additionally, Sony has entered into a collaboration agreement with the International Finance Corporation, a global development institution that actively invests in emerging countries and African startups. Tashimoto Matomo, Executive Deputy President and CSO of Sony Group Corporation, commented on the fund, expressing Sony's commitment to advancing the African entertainment industry through collaboration with its own entertainment businesses. Maktar Diop, Managing Director of IFC, of which Sony is partnering to support the fund, said, quote, Sony's exceptional track record as a leading global player in entertainment, media, and technology positioned us well to contribute to the economic growth of the creative sector. For more on Sony Innovation Fund's plan to invest in Africa, I spoke with the very man who will be in charge of the new fund, Antonio Avitable. Hi, my name is Antonio Avitable. I'm the managing director of uh, uh, Sony Venture Fund uh, uh, with the responsibility for EMEA, Europe, Israel, and now also uh, Africa. Antonio, can you tell us about the process of how you and your team developed the vision for the Sony Innovation Fund in Africa and why now is the right time to establish it? So, uh, uh, as you know, uh, first of all, I think that we have seen uh, uh, demand for distinctive type of content that goes beyond uh, Hollywood. Uh, and uh, Africa, as a multi ethnic continent, has uh, a huge uh, creative spirit and uh, gave birth to you know distinctive type of music like Afrobeats uh, or movies like uh, I don't know White pa- White um, uh, Women's King and the, the, the Black Panther. So we see more demand for distinctive type of IP, uh, and that's one one key reason. Uh, secondly, you know as in any kind of emerging market, I think putting too much money uh, too soon can be. Uh, you know, uh, very risky. And that's why we have decided to start with a tool like uh, a Sony Innovation Fund in order to explore the market and also learn uh, 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 about the local ecosystem. Um, but in addition, we, be, we are going to kind of also try to drive uh, uh, the ecosystem because we are going to uh, couple this, uh, this activity, this venture fund activity in Africa, also with what we call internally Sony Academy. So our idea is actually to actually build a school and, and support the ecosystem by also providing some know-how and, and technology uh, 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 to the space. Because the, 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 the market is, is very young, so we believe we do need to actually uh, 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 provide also some key skills and technology to the local talents. What's the first thing you plan to accomplish with the Sony Innovation Fund Africa? Yeah, so the first, the first thing I, I, I want to accomplish is actually to uh, make some uh, uh, sound investments in companies that can actually uh, um, help the local ecosystem, but also generate some returns. And, and that's why we are, uh, uh, my initial, my, you know, the initial kind of deals that we are looking at are deals that are also backed uh, by, you know, some good VCs. Uh, so we, we have some, you know, we, we are looking at some deals where also, for example, A16Z is involved, uh, deals where, you know, other uh, big name VCs are involved. So we are going to make some initial bets that are relatively safe uh, uh, to actually build some track records. That, that's one. And the second, being able to, uh, 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 to tell, to, to bring actually to the, to the mainstream uh, uh, the, the, the untold stories about Africa. 
today there is there is a, a, a perception about Africa that I believe it's kind of distorted by the media, uh, and 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 we want to actually you know bring to the walls what is the real uh, soul of Africa, and, and by 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 getting some you know uh, uh, content and, and and using and leveraging our entertainment companies to bring this kind of local content to the mainstream. Antonio, last question. Can you share with us about one exciting startup opportunity you have encountered so far in African markets? Yeah, uh, uh, well, some of the most exciting stuff that I'm looking at, we are looking at right now. Well, in, in Africa, uh, stuff that may seem obvious, actually, in the Western world, in Africa, it's really, you know, it's, it's not obvious. For example, you know, uh, distribution of content or digital assets is, 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 is an issue. Uh, you know, apart, not only because disposable income is, is what it is, but also because, you know, not everyone actually has a credit card and the payment methods. There are about 120 different types of payment methods in Africa. So at the moment, we are looking at a company that, that that's kind of is addressing exactly this pain point. And uh, uh, they actually developed, a, a, you know, a platform that can actually uh, uh, solve this, this fragmented uh, payment provider uh, type of uh, uh, problem that Africa is. And, um, and yeah, the, the management of this company, it's, it's really impressive. I mean, well, the, the, guy, the guy that that, um, that is actually the founder of the company is a guy that left, uh, uh, left Sierra Leone during the genocide. He got to Stanford, he graduated from Stanford, top marks, then he, he landed his first job in in Morgan Stanley, and and you know, and then he returned to Africa. When I asked him the question, uh, "What's your real ambition?" He said, "Well, I want to go back to you know, after I I build this company, billion dollar company, I want to go back to my country and run for office." Well, I, I was truly impressed by by this 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 guy and by his leadership, and and uh, and uh, you know, that that's uh, at the end, you know. We, we make investments based on people and based on what we see in people. And, and that, that for me was one of the kind of uh, 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 key kind of uh, uh, takeaway when I was discussing with you guys. That was Antonio Avitable, Managing Director of Sony Innovation Fund in Europe, Israel, and now Africa. Thanks for joining the show, Antonio. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Jackson. Tucker Carlson's newest media company has just received funding from a new anti-woke firm. Yesterday, the Wall Street Journal reported that Carlson's media company, Last Country, Inc., has just received $15 million in seed funding from 1789 Capital, an investment firm run by former corporate Democrat Omid Malik. Named after the year the Bill of Rights was written, 1789 is a $150 million fund that tries to, quote, capitalize on the opportunities that it sees left open by the wokeness of more traditional sources of capital. It's believed that Carlson and Patel's seed investment, which was raised on a safe, will be mostly used to help them find a proof of concept for their new media company, which focuses primarily on video. According to sources of the journal, the two plan to eventually raise hundreds of millions of dollars for the company. The media company plans to make money from subscriptions, but also will provide free video content available to view on X. Chris Buskirk, a co-founder of 1789 Capital, said his vision for Carlson's new media platform is to quote, Create the next media company that is purpose-built for the 2020s and 2030s in a way that Fox and Rupert Murdoch and Roger Ailes built a cable news business that was really purpose-built for its time and place. For context of the power of new media, Carlson's show on Fox News was averaging single-digit million viewers. In just five months on X so far, Tucker's viewership numbers have already significantly exceeded the population of the United States.
Thanks for tuning in to Venture Daily. Today's show is produced by Josiah Simons and Jackson Fordyce. Our theme song was created by Benjamin Cook. If you liked today's episode, please give us an honest review wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see y'all tomorrow morning.